Money Catcher Leadership Podcast brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are in episode two now, talking through these four dimensions of leadership, extraordinary leadership. And some of you are wondering, who is this guy that's talking? My name is Trey McKnight. And Jenny has so graciously handed over the reins to me to be able to walk us through this series. So I'm grateful to be with you. And of course, I am sitting virtually here with my friend Jenny uh, as we talk through these things. So today we're going to talk a a good bit about just the first two, kind of the heart and the soul. But first, I got to say, Jenny, how are you feeling? How's life? (laughs) life is good. I'm loving this. I'm loving the, like, you know, being interviewed and, and flipping the script a little bit. So I'm, this is fun. This is good. It was, it was strategic for me to ask that question. See, because that's what I feel like a heart leader Uh, would start with. That's, you're so right. (laughs) You're so right. Yes. You know, we've all been in those meetings where we just launch right into, okay, glad everybody's here today. Let's go ahead and start looking at the numbers. And then you're just like, but I wanted to make sure that we dug into the heart of how Jenny's feeling today. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that's so great, Trey, because you're exactly right. And this will come up. Heart is one of the dimensions I have to work a little bit more diligently on. because it Is that right? Can you believe that? I mean, well, you know, I, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the sad part. You've only, we've only like known each other a few months and you've just started working with us on the team. And you already know I just jump into like. That's right. We have a running joke, uh, Ashley, you know, who's on the team with us. Yeah. She, she and I've worked together on and off for probably over 12 years or more now. There's kind of a running joke that, you know, there's a, the occasion where I'll just jump in and launch into whatever the agenda is or whatever's on my mind. And she'll either say, Hey, how you doing, Jen? Or I'll be like, Oh yes. Wait, how are we this morning? Like, is everybody, you know, like, cause <laughs> just giving you those little prompts, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So you, yeah, that was perfect. You're exactly leading like a heart leader would lead. Well, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we can check the box for me and that I qualify. Uh, you know, I, I would say, uh, as I've, I've taken the assessment and mm-hmm. I can tell you that I am a dominant heart leader. That's, that's kind yep. of my foundation. So I don't want to be the one to tell you because this is this is your series and uh, I feel like you just have such great words about this. So what does somebody like myself or somebody who leads from the dimension of heart look like? Yeah, you're hitting it right off. I love this. The heart leader just thinks relationally first, right? They think people first because this is a dimension that is not as natural for me. Uh, one of the things I often will just kind of tell myself or put like post-it notes on my computer is slow down to see people. People who lead with heart, they just see people first. They see the human. They see what's going on with people. They read people well. They have good emotional intelligence. And they just recognize that when when we lead from the heart, we see people as living, breathing humans with stories, emotions, families with strengths and weaknesses, tragedies and joys. They're not just that cog in the machine that we talked about in the last episode, (laughs) like that the people we're leading are human beings. I mean, it's both a privilege to lead them and it comes with the complexities because we're messy, complicated humans and heart people have a little more compassion for the humanness of the people they lead. Is that fair to say? I think so. Absolutely. What would you say? Cause you're, this is your strong dimension. Like, Oh gosh. Um, you know, I think even sometimes to a fault because, and I, sure. I can admit this because I yeah. recognize that, that this is me. I, I, you know, I took the assessment. I ranked very high 
<laughs> extremely high on the heart. And then the rest were just kind of all kind of in this cluster way below. For sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would agree with everything that you said. I think that it is very relationally focused. It's very much, we are the type of people who lead from the dimension of heart that probably have a harder time just delivering difficult news For sometimes sure. yep. or delivering difficult circumstances. Yep. Um, and that's something that I've had to work on. You know, we have to be super intentional about, you know, working that into what we're doing and keeping a good balance there. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would agree that, you know, for me, those things, when I think about the person, when I think about their lives, when I think about what's driving the person when they're not here in our organization, when they're not here in the office, I want to know yep. that thing. Yep. And when I know that thing, that's going to help me lead you better because now I know what motivates you. I know what is motivating you on a daily basis, maybe with you yep. know circumstances that might've changed just within the past 24 hours and all that. So so yeah, it's definitely a, a fun place to lead out of because, you know, we definitely like people and like for people to like us. Well, and you you make a great point there that, you know, I mean, every one of us, I didn't preface this, but basically, you know, yes, I think in the last episode, I mentioned that, you know, leading from the four dimensions, it's in us. It's, you know, so mm. one of the things that I got called a lot in the early days of my leadership is I got called heartless because I was a little wow. too driven. I was a little too focused on the goal. And like to your face? Oh, to my face, Trey. Yeah, that's how bad it was. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So I've come a long way. I will say that. <laughs> it was easy for me to assume, especially when people said that about me, that I just didn't have that even in me, right? Mm. Like I was like, well, I'm just not relational. You know, that, like it was almost like an easy kind of cop out. And the thing that when I was studying this scripture and was applying it to leadership, the aha for me was that, again, it is implied that it's in you, that heart, soul, mind, and strength are in you. And as we seek to love God and love others, which I think is, you know, baseline of leadership, it's about, it's about others. And so as I like began to look at that, there was really quite hopeful to say, oh, wait, I'm not wow. heartless. Now I might have to tap into it and I may have to develop it and it might not come as naturally to me as it might come to, to you but it is in me and I have the capacity to grow in this. And I think that's one of the most exciting and hopeful things about the whole framework. It's in us and we can tap into it and we can develop and grow in that. And so the thing that I would say, you know, especially as relates to heart is the start of leadership is the heart of leadership, right? Or the heart of leadership <laughs> is the start of leadership. I'm like, I, I don't usually love those kind of phrases, but it, but it is. It is like leadership starts with the heart because, you know, to have a voice of leadership, we have to have earned influence and we earn influence through relationships. Bottom line, right? Yeah. Like we can have a position of power, but people may not be following us or if they're following us, they're following us very reluctantly and probably not for long. If we are wow, not- yeah seeking to build relationship and connection so that we can earn that influence that gives us the right to lead. And so that was the kind of aha for me in this journey is that developing that heart dimension of leadership was really cool. And it wasn't that it didn't exist. I just wasn't leaning into it as much as I should have been to earn the influence and the opportunity to lead. And game changer for me. Like now I probably default sometimes to being more heart and holding people accountable and things is a little harder than it used to be <laughs> in the earlier version of Jenny as a leader. So, right. Well, okay. So talk about that a little bit more. I mean, for Jenny as a leader, you know, you say it doesn't come naturally to you, but to have this aha moment and realize, okay, it's in me. I just have to figure out how to pull that part of me out more and be more intentional about it. So how does somebody who's not naturally driven from the dimension of heart develop that? 
Yeah. You know, so the, the first thing I would say mm-hmm. is get around other people who are naturally strong in that dimension. You know, so Ashley, who I referenced already, you know, we worked together side by side. She, that's her first dimension is heart. Like she just mm-hmm. naturally sees people relationally connects, has good emotional intelligence to read others and read the room. So putting yourself around people who do that really naturally and learning from them and maybe asking questions from them of how do they do that? You know, how do they position themselves to uh, see people first? And, And then it was, it was simple things like sticky note on my desk or my laptop that says, slow down to see people. Mind is my strongest dimension. So that's where I'm naturally gonna go. So even applying some of my more systematic strategic thinking to how do I lead with heart, which sounds a little like robotic, but follow me here in (laughs) preparing for like my one-on-one team meetings with my staff in my little Evernote file that I keep on, you know, the running list of things we need to talk about or conversations or agenda items. You know, I have right at the top of the agenda is relationally connect. If I hear somebody talk about, you know, their kids baseball game that's happening over the weekend, or, you know, they have grandma's birthday party coming up or, you know, whatever is just like part of their life and the things that are important to them, then I will pull out my phone and I'll make a little note in my Evernote file to help me remember the things that matter to them. So I have to have a little bit of a system because I don't naturally like retain it as easily as somebody like yourself might. The intention isn't to be manipulative and just do it because I'm supposed to. It's to say, hey, help me be more intentional to be aware of the things that matter to the people I'm leading. And so I have those little prompts that help me just make sure I'm connecting on the human side before I dive into. Then the other thing I would say is I've permissioned the team and you'll get to know this as we keep working together, but I permissioned the team to kind of like, we use the language, it frames up our, the four dimensions frame up our values at Foresight. If you see me like just race into agenda and, you know, everything we've got to get done, you know, like, Hey, good morning. Good to see you, Jen. How you doing? You know, and, you know, and have a little fun with it because it's going to catch me and I'm going to go, Oh, yep, yep, yep. I, I went blazing into agenda and I didn't just check in with everybody. So those are a few things to think about. Which, and I think that's a sign of, of good culture, if not great culture. I think when people feel the freedom. For to sure. be able to, that the, the permission to be able to call out the leader and say, you know, with little props and little things and say, hey, 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 don't forget about this part. I think that's part of what makes an organization great exactly. is, is developing that freedom and, and the playground for people to all feel like they have a part in what's happening. I think we've all been in those situations where the leader is this dictatorial, you know, type of leader who yep. it's my way or the highway. And don't you dare challenge me on anything because then I'll put you in your place, probably in front of everybody else. Right. And that just lends toward limited growth. For sure. Both individually and organizationally. Yep. And really can hinder and, and I think handcuff so many other things that I think most organizations want to do, which is uh, move forward and help yeah. more people and grow and do all these great things. And yep. so, yeah, I love, I love that. I want to shift a little bit to, to kind of the soul side of things. What would you describe as someone who leads from the dimension of soul? This is a good one because I think sometimes we can simplify it a little bit to, you know, especially as people of faith, we can simplify just to the spiritual dimension of leadership. And, you know, it is a conviction to say, hey, I want my life to reflect who I am as a follower of Jesus. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, so how am I showing up? 
And does my life, are the fruit of the spirit present? You know, so sometimes people go, oh, is it mean I'm just praying for, you know, praying in all of my meetings and yes. And, you know, I mean, it can be, it depends on your culture and the environment you're working with, but even more specifically leading from soul is making sure that our morality, our integrity, the values of humility and servanthood, those attributes that reflect a follower of Jesus are showing up in my life day to day, mm. right? Am I, am I reflecting who I really want to be as a human? And so I think that's a big part of leading with soul is just making sure that my actions really reflect what I truly value as a Christ follower, right? So are yeah. those things consistent? You know, and then it can be the opportunity to, especially if you're in a culture where, whether you're a church or a faith-based nonprofit, where your faith is much more integrated into your everyday well, then it can be, you know what, are we modeling prayer as, as a team? You know, are we, are we appropriately praying? Not that every meeting or every situation has to call for that, but depends on the culture and the environment. But is prayer and my posture of ultimately seeking God first showing up in how I'm leading my team and how I'm carrying out my day-to-day? And, you know, so for me, that's a, just a check-in of, Am I modeling a life that is submitted to God? And are those values that I, I profess like actually obvious? We're not perfect, so we're not going to get it right all the time. Sure. Is it understood that that is, at the end of the day, that's kind of my, my heart and my intention? You know, another big thing I think that lands here in this one too, Trey, that is a key part of leadership, and we've already referenced it, is the idea of being a servant. That, yeah. that recognition that leadership is really about um, serving others and realizing that it's not about us. And that's kind of that posture of leadership that I think is really core. If we're leading well from soul, the mm-hmm. it's not about us. It's about Christ in us. It's about serving the people that we're called to lead. When we're leading well from soul, that's obvious in how we're carrying out our day-to-day actions. So that that becomes obvious. And I would totally agree with you. I, I know in my own journey, there are times when I could equate whether or not I was leading well with how well my time behind closed doors was going in go. my quiet time, yeah. in my development, in my just listening yeah. to what the spirit might be saying to me uh, at different times. You know, if I was consistent with that, yeah. I mean, I can literally look at, you know, it's like, it just flows together. Yes, <laughs> and if does. this is going really well on one side, then yep. my leadership is probably evident on that. But if it's not going well, it's also going to reflect itself. Uh, and that also becomes very obvious. Yes. So yep. for the person who who may be listening right now and thinking, okay, it's obvious both ways. It's obvious that I don't lead well in this. Mm-hmm. Um, how can that person grow in that? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe even to the person that's afraid sure. to step out. Maybe you work in an organization where that, you know, could be frowned upon to be outward about your faith or about anything like yeah. that. So how do you move forward in that, regardless of which situation you're in? Uh, and continue to lead in that way? That's a great question. And there's a good distinction on this one because this one is a little more complicated depending on your work environment, whether you know being overt about your faith is something that you can do as in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, character, integrity, morality, the fruit of the spirit, like when that is how we operate as leaders, it gets attention, it stands out, mm-hmm. it's countercultural. And so yeah. even <laughs> if you can't be overt about your faith, if you are showing up with humility and servanthood and consistent moral character and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness are flow from you, 
then it is, it is speaking volumes. You are leading with soul. You are spiritually yeah. leading your team when that is how you conduct yourself. We've all not arrived there, right? And so I think it's, right. it's exactly what you just said. You know, what are my practices for my own spiritual growth and development? Because if I am, and back to, you know, kind of the silent fifth partner in all of this is the lead yourself well, the self-leadership side of things. Yeah. So how well am I leading myself in making sure I have room for my spiritual disciplines, my quiet times, my prayer time, my seeking God? You know, another piece of leading with soul is just every leader finds themselves in over their head right? Like we, you've probably experienced this this year. I've never been here. Like I've never had to lead an organization that completely relies on events. And I have, I cannot do the events, you know, Right. Um, and every leader listening has their version of that, where it's like, all of a sudden I'm in over my head. I don't know how to do this. And the posture of a leader who's leading with soul is that they are praying for wisdom that is beyond their experience. And Mm. like, so when we, as followers of Christ, you know, know that prayer is our first line of defense. That is also like a core component to us leading with soul. So I would just encourage leaders, you know, just take an inventory on that. And this is not meant to be shaming or, you know, put more undue pressure, but just to, hey, do a little inventory of what are those things that spiritually rejuvenate you? What do you need by way of rhythm to keep yourself connected to God, have appropriate time for prayer? And then if you're in a culture where that can be more overtly a part of what you do, you know, figure out how it weaves through your staff meetings and your one-on-one meetings. And my agendas are framed with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Whether it's a one-on-one meeting or a staff meeting, how are we relationally connecting And, you know, that can be five minutes of something fun at the beginning of a meeting, right? Or just a quick check-in if I'm doing a one-on-one, hey, how's, how are your boys? What's going on in your world? You know, spiritually, just a check-in of, hey, you know, anything I can be praying for you this week, or, you know, maybe we're praying as a team, maybe we're doing a Bible study as a staff, depending on the context that can all be appropriate. And then you're going to have the bulk of your agenda is going to have a, you know, all is going to be mined, all the strategic stuff you need to talk about. And then as leaders, we want to make sure we're casting vision. We'll get to those pieces in another episode. <laughs> but I think just that quick inventory of where does, where does leading with soul, where does my spiritual leadership show up? And what is true and authentic to me? Because everybody's going to, that might look a little different for you, yeah. but you need to say, how does that look for me? And how can I make sure it consistently shows up in how I'm leading? I love that. So good. Speaking on the heart, speaking on the soul, two huge, huge parts of the four dimensions of extraordinary leadership. Jenny, thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared today. I think that uh, I'm even taking things from this and even after, after having read the book, right? Good, <laughs> you good, say good. it, it's just like, I'm like, I'm like, yes, this, this is good. You know, it's exciting. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so really excited uh, as people are listening along. Um, hopefully it is uh, helping inspire greater leadership along anybody that's listening. Uh, but we, we got to continue the story. And so hope all okay. of you come back uh, for the next episode where we will dig into the mind and the strength Uh, portions of it. So we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.